I'm Chelsea Poe, and you're listening to The Performer's Pod. This is a space for performers to talk about our industry in a real way that we usually aren't given in the press. I want to explore all the ways people find the industry, the places it can take you in your life. I want to cover both the serious issues of the industry, like transphobia, racism, and consent on set, as well as the mundane, funny, heartwarming, and other amazing things about our global industry. This episode is with super talented fetish superstar Felicia Fisher. We talk about my favorite sex store in the world, shooting porn in the Midwest, bringing Angel as a mutual influence. I hope you enjoy our chat and excuse any robot voices because of shooting on Zoom. Enjoy. I'm so excited to have you, Felicia. You're like kind of the person who I wanted to start this with because I feel like you're really cool. I appreciate what you're doing in the Midwest so much. You're like in between genres, which I think is really interesting. And we've like been on set together twice and I don't think I've spoken more than like 20 minutes to you. Yes, you have. Oh my God. But like, we talked a little bit, but we've been really stoned. But like also like what we're like on set and I'm like okay how can I sanitize your sneakers and you're like about to shoot um on the other set we had in Emeryville so I feel like there was just like so much this podcast I want to have is to talk about like how there isn't one way to be a performer I feel like there's so many stereotypes about you have to move to LA or Vegas and that's the only way you're a performer so you're one you're one of the first people who came to mind because you're based out of Chicago right? Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> Are you and from Chicago? Yeah, I am from Chicago, yeah. I usually don't talk about that, but I feel, yeah, I'm from Chicago. I feel like yeah. people could, like, gather that about me. I have, like, 773 tattooed on my hand. I'm like... <laughs> yeah, you have the, you have the yeah, flag the tattooed, right? Yeah, yeah, and the stars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you know, it's really wild being from Chicago because I feel like there's so many models I don't know still that just Mm -hmm. pop out of nowhere that are, like, apparently also from Chicago. I mean, like, I know um, when I started working with Little Puff, like, our worlds kind of started colliding because she knew a lot more, like, experts and, like, doms and stuff like that. And I feel like I knew more doms from a different scene and, like, fetish people and stuff like that. So... It's just wild seeing how many people are actually out there. But yeah, it is still pretty, like there isn't a real scene there. There's a couple pretty big producers, but there isn't really like, it isn't like LA where it's like, there's all these producers out there. You can mm-hmm. hop from like producer to producer or like model to model. Like I'm still learning new people that live in the city. It's wild. It's so cool. Yeah, I grew up about like two hours north of Chicago. So like for me, Chicago is always the big city. So, yeah. like, I think it's just so cool to see people in the Midwest, like, making stuff and really doing it on their own. Um, there's some people in Minneapolis who also do that and some in Detroit. So, I feel like that's so cool. So, what were you doing, like, when you got into porn? Like, how old were you? Were you, like, having, like, some basic job? Were you in school? Yeah. So, I officially started sex work when I was, like, 20. But I first started doing porn and clips in like 2016, 2017. Um, oh, wow. I was working. Do you want me to start with like the the porn? You like, can go as 
deep as you want. I am here for it. Yeah, I feel like I don't really get to be as in depth about like the porn stuff because like I think people like want to hear like how I got into the whole world or whatever. But like I was pretty into the world already. I was working at mm -hmm. um, the Pleasure Chest, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw you there once actually. <laughs> oh yeah, that's legitimately my favorite sex store in the world. I will yeah. plug the Pleasure Chest in Chicago day and night. They've done a few screenings of mine. They're really awesome. I yeah, I remember that. I remember that era. I was working there at that era. I don't think I was in the store that day or whatever. Meanwhile, Chicago is such a big, small town. Um, anyways, so I was working, yeah, at the pleasure chest and it was going well. I had been camming for like a year and a half at that point, but I mm -hmm. wanted, like, I guess I know a lot of people get out of the industry like there is a lot of turnover and I was reaching a point where it's like well what do I want to do do I want to stick with porn do I want to stick with retail do I want to do this do I want to do that maybe I should just explore what's out there a little bit more so in 2016 like I started making clips and uploading them on many vids um which went pretty well I think things really started rolling in 2017 though after going to AVN working meeting like so many great people in the industry working with people including you I think question mark I think we might have shot a little bit later I think it was maybe yeah. like 20 nice. I think it was like two years before the pandemic I hate how that's how I judge everything now <laughs> yeah and the before times well yeah I mean just shooting with people meeting people and then um doing my first official porn shoot with ATK came in 2017 and yeah I mean it felt like a great progression it was so exciting knowing that like a mainstream company wanted to work with me knowing that other models had wanted to work with me yeah i don't know it was a it was a pretty smooth transition though because i'd already been camming i'd already been working at an adult store i had like a surface level understanding of how like the industry worked and how to sell mm -hmm. porn and stuff like that so yeah. yeah you knew all the names you knew the basics yeah. of performing that's really great. I feel like sometimes like so many people just like go in to the deep end and like don't really know that much about it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I see that now with a lot of younger people where it's like they don't understand obscenity laws. They don't understand 2257s. They don't understand like why porn is the way it is today. And I think that's really a shame, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. um, like where the porn comes from. Yeah. Like the stuff you were looking at at the pleasure chest, like I think that's like some of the best porn selection in my opinion. Yeah. Um, like, is there anyone or um, any production companies that really inspired you to get into porn more than just camming? Um. Yeah, you know, I saw some really cool porn at the pleasure chest, and it was really cool to see so many different types of bodies in porn and different people doing different things in porn. It was a very different experience from the first adult store I worked at, which was just straight up like cis het fucking. <laughs> like just like the, the evil angel, like, I don't know, main, mainstream type company type mm -hmm. stuff. That being said, I mean, that is really what inspired me. Like I thought it was so cool. The idea of being like a model and getting a box cover and getting like pounded. Yeah all dolled up like the fucking elegant angel like their styling like back in the day is what really inspired me and seeing models like um like skin diamond and Jessie yeah and like that come up because they felt like people that i would know you know or like they felt mm -hmm. very relatable and from there i mean like spending a lot of time in the fetish section 
just like at work, like gazing at it, like seeing like Seattle hairy girls and realizing that I was a hairy girl and that might be like a career opportunity for me one day was pretty wild. And yeah, I mean, like, I feel like there were, there were a lot of things that inspired me when I was much, much younger. Seeing Joanna Angel's work was really what set it off for me. Totally. You can relate as an alt girl. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was literally thinking about Joanna Angel last night. Um, mm -hmm. And I was just like, I don't know what brought it up. But I'm just like, she was like the first girl to like make hardcore porn a thing in alt porn. Because I feel like for so long, it was like, oh, you're gonna have like an emo girl fingering yourself. Or yeah. like something really soft core. And then she's like, we're doing DP in all these scenes. <laughs> it's just like super casual. It's just like, oh my God. Yeah. And it felt like you could actually, like back in the day, especially like their talent felt like people that I would see on the street in Chicago, you know, which mm -hmm. was just so cool as a punk on the street in Chicago, you know, <laughs> like, I think it was just like, wow, this is so fucking rad. This is like something that could actually be a real thing one day. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we both definitely connected with like that whole alt porn thing already being mm -hmm. in like alternate world to like punk and stuff. Did, were you pretty involved in like the punk scene in Chicago? I have gone through phases of going out and not going out. I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of people I've gravitated towards have been punks, but it's also like I have a low tolerance for leaving my Mm-hmm. Oh, like, I used to go out a lot more in my youth, especially when I was, like, drinking and stuff like that, but, like, I've kind of, I've kind of stepped away from it now, both because of COVID and also just, like, I don't, I don't like going out. But, yeah, I mean, like, seeing punks, seeing people in that scene, like, knowing people in that scene when I first started working at the adult store, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm pretty, I'm, like, very vaguely into it now, I guess, I don't know. It's a hard thing to say, because, like, COVID has skewed so many things, I don't know where I would Riddle. be right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like you at least bring your, like, punk ethic to porn, like, not only aesthetically, but just that you, like, basically do everything, like, mostly DIY. Very much, yeah, like, it's very, I'm very, very interested in, like, doing everything either on my own or with the assistance of friends, so I can help, like, pay my friends, and I can help build things with friends. I think that's really cool. I think that's a really cool foundation to start on, or, like, doing things with people that aren't being like accepted by mainstream mm -hmm. still, you know because i'm not still accepted by mainstream. yeah totally yeah i have i've yet to have my first burning angel shoot but like i feel like it's <laughs> yeah yeah i'm very very focused on putting on people of my life and trying to like build it up like that which i guess is pretty punk maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah 100 percent. i mean that's why i'm in this industry too i feel like i get the same feeling i got like playing in bands or whatever just because you're like working with your friends and you're like making a thing that you can have together after that and then you get to take it to like weird places that you would have never assumed that I would have seen it so um, and you've been so good at that like incorporating that into porn like the fact that you like make these films and you're so good at promoting them and pushing them and getting them to platforms that like it wouldn't be if you were just gonna like I don't know put it out through an agent or put it out through a company I think it's amazing like you're always I in film festivals and you're always like collabing with the coolest people. It's all really the things. <laughs> I feel like so much of it is, um, do you know who Nardwar is? Oh, <gasps> yes. <laughs> Have you ever watched his TED Talk? No. He has a TED Talk and it's basically just about being like, you should just ask people because the worst thing we'll say is no, it's fine. 
it is so you funny. i highly suggest everyone listening to this check it out but it's basically just being like if you ask people the worst thing that's going to happen is a no and that's okay and just yeah. like getting past that so i feel like i just try to like keep that mindset and just you know ask people if they want to make cool stuff that's great if not that's okay too so i try oh, to keep yeah. that mindset is there like a first scene or a first moment that made you realize like this was something more for you than just like one or two shoots um in terms of porn yeah I mean I've been thinking about this for a while and I think it isn't necessarily a scene although my first barf scene with little puck was 10 10 amazing <laughs> and like started the ball rolling on some really amazing projects with puck um yeah, the first time I really felt the sense of like community and everything that like comes with being in porn was like at my first AVN. Mm -hmm. Like I did shoot during that, but also just like looking around. I think I met you at my first AVN. I think my first one was actually in 2018. Now that I think about it, yeah, my memory fried. Sorry. <laughs> I think yeah, I think yeah. that's when we shot. It was either yeah. 2018 or 2019, something like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's just so inspiring, like looking around and seeing people and be like, damn, like, there's so many levels to this and so many body types and so many kinds of people and so many personalities, mm -hmm. but we're all ultimately making porn. And that's just so like fucking beautiful. And I'm in this now because I'm one of these people and people hate us so much and it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> it's like so wild when you go to abm for the first time and you realize like that is truly global yeah that there's people from all over the world who are trying to do what you're doing or mm. are doing what you're doing already or you get to see people like my first AVN, i met joanna angel the first day and i was just like fuck <laughs> that's crazy like seriously she invented emo porn <laughs> like, no. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel the same. Like, first AVN hit me so hard where it's just like, you feel like you almost like made it even if you're just there. A hundred percent, yeah. It's like you realize that this is a really real industry and even though people want to put you down and act like, oh, it's just porn, whatever. Why the mm -hmm. fuck is there a convention then? Why the fuck is this a multi-billion dollar industry? Like, it's not just porn. It's not just a job unless you want it to be like mm -hmm. it it's really real. yeah it's very like awe-inspiring and inspiring in general to be there I think that's what really kicked it off for me and like motivated me to start like working harder on getting deeper into porn and like my longevity and everything in the industry you know yeah definitely <laughs> what do you think has been like a key to your longevity so far do you think A lot of experimenting, a lot of figuring out my yeses and nos firsthand, which like mm. has always been something that I feel pretty good about. Like I've tried, I've tried to work for like even more mainstream companies and I've gotten a lot of nos and that's been like a propellant to be like, okay, I'm going to work harder at doing my own thing. And mm. I've like tried shooting different fetishes that felt like you know, this is maybe a no, this is maybe a yes. And then figuring out what the yeses were and then just pushing it and realizing that I'm good at that. Um, I will also say privilege. I'm a little white girl. <laughs> like yeah. there's privilege that comes with that. Like I know that I don't fit into like, like the little, like the alt mold or like the natural mold or anything like that. But ultimately I am just a white bitch. And there's a lot of privilege that comes with that. For real. I, I do feel like that's where a lot of my 
longevity might be coming from as well. But along with that too, just like figuring out who I am, figuring out what works for me, like figuring out a plan so I don't burn out constantly. That's like so important because I mean, just a career span in porn is so short. It's less than two years for most people. So if, yeah, it definitely is. Um, I feel, I've been like the industry for, I think it's like maybe eight years now in porn. And there's like three trans women left that I started with. Wow. It's just like, yeah, I feel like it's just really fast. That's true. Yeah. It's it's wild to see because there's still some like long-termers that I see like you or like people that I log into Twitter and it's like, oh, this person's still here. This person's having a kid now. I remember when they first started camming. Like I see stuff like that on like Twitter, but I feel like Twitter becomes a bubble too, you know? Mm -hmm, it does. Yeah. yeah. It's easy to lose track of the people who just like kind of left too. Yeah, definitely. I feel like there's just a lot of people who just kind of disappear in porn after a while. I'm like thinking of who's disappeared recently. <laughs> no, that's true. That's really true. And like even the people that I've named, like Skin Diamond, I think is dabbling a little bit in the industry. But I know Jesse Andrews is dabbling in like fashion now. And like, yeah. I think I might be wrong. But I think Skin Diamond's like doing music now. She was for a little bit. Yeah. I, I think she still is too. I remember I used to follow her um, music page on Instagram. And I've seen recently that she's like, done like pro doming or something like that oh know. that's really cool yeah. yeah my biggest one that I want to come back is Sasha Gray that's like my <gasps> ultimate I want her to come back from retirement what dominate the porn world yeah um she's like a YouTube star now and um like on Twitch and doing all that she like cooks stuff I follow her still she's great what she's doing she's just yeah. like watching make a ZD today Oh, that's so nice. I'll have to check yeah. that out. I would watch her make a fucking ZD too. <laughs> like, it's, it's really great. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Do you have like a dream scene or have you shot your dream scene? Um, dream scene. I've done some really cool stuff so far and I'm very, very proud of what I've done. In terms of like a dream scene though, I think working for like a mainstream company would be a pretty dream scene. Like I still haven't done like boy girl penis vagina action. Mm -hmm. And I think like if Tommy Pistol, <laughs> if Tommy Pistol <laughs> and the sentence, no, um, yeah, no, I would love to shoot for like a mainstream company, like maybe like adult time or like, um, something like that, like, I, or Reality Kings or something. Like, I really love seeing that pop up on my feed and I love seeing those ads pop up and I think it would be just like really wild and surreal to do that. Um, especially because I do see that those companies seem to be branching out and choosing different mm -hmm. like types of performers now, which is really great to see and experience. Um, I, I would just love that, especially if Tommy Pistol was involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been picky um, just because yeah, I don't know. A, I haven't gotten hired by them. B, mm -hmm. I want to choose my debut to be with someone, if not special, then for like a special company. So I've kind of just been holding out on that, but I would really love that so much. Yeah. I mean, I think the beauty of like doing DIY stuff, I feel like doing 
DIY mm -hmm. stuff on your own. The beauty of it is like you can have all this experience on your own and own all your own stuff. And then when the companies do reach out, mm -hmm. then you can like have it be like, oh, I can do a one-off for this and, you know, still have my own stuff to go back to. Have you, have you done that before? Like, yeah, like I've done, like, yeah. Yeah, I've done some like Waxy New England porn. Oh, yeah, where, um, trans sensual. Central. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So like I did one where I was I'm a college student. And I started fucking my professor. Yeah. Um, played by Magdalene St. Michael. She's um, she was like a playmate in the 70s, I believe. Yeah. And just like a babe, and she's from Britain. So I hook up with her, and then I hook up with her husband, and then like we start some weird poly like triad thing. That's so hot. <laughs> yeah, and we did that in, like, it was in Cape Cod, and, like, there were all these lawsuits after the fact about it. Wait, um, really? You can read, yeah, you can read about it on Exes or the Boston Globe also, like, did the report on it. It was, like, teledrama. Um, basically, it was shot at an Airbnb, and the person who had the Airbnb tried to sue over it. There were a few, like, hundred movies made. Oh my or like God. dozens made there's like all this drama but I did a few of those where it's like that style or when I got sent um to a girl's boarding school she's also like a bad girl from Connecticut yeah um yeah so and then I had like a bunch of lesbian sex there which was 100% what I want to do with mainstream porn so I think it's fun to have those things but yeah there's like weird porn of me like wearing like a denim shirt and stuff that's like totally out of my usual <laughs> realm but yeah. yeah I think it's fun it's, to do both but end of the day like I just want to make like gay BDSM like psych BDSM my entire life and you've been um, doing such a good job at it too I've seen what you've been doing with Lita Lecherous and and it's so great like yeah I'm really excited to see what you guys do this year are you going for any AVNs and like the we're gonna see we're gonna yeah. see um i feel like the last few years we had so much content because we were able to shoot so much and we've been on a production hold for over a year now yeah so it's just gonna be like whenever we all get vaccinated we're literally first stop is back into the dungeon so that. <laughs> yeah that's what i'm getting vaccinated for it feels like it's like yeah get vaccinated get in the dungeon all that stuff Hopefully um, yeah, I'm hoping so. Are there like any scenes that you look back on that you wish you could do over, good, bad, or otherwise? I wish I had known the importance of lighting mm. <laughs> when I first got started and a good camera. Cause I mean, I've always been hot, but like <laughs> 22 year old Felicia, if I had like a backlog of like good quality content from when I first got started, it would be incredible but I was very much like I'm gonna shoot off my webcam I don't give a fuck like and it worked mm -hmm. for me and some of my top selling videos are just bullshit webcam videos I shot in my bed like it really astounds me how well they've done but um yeah looking back on it I would love to redo some of like my classic bangers with like really nice lighting probably like a decent like little 4k camera um actually thinking about what I'm doing before just jumping into it <laughs> though I think I mean everything that like that I feel I don't know every 
but people really don't like the term everything happens for a reason but I do feel like in this situation at least like coming from like that grittiness to what I do now I think it happened for a reason people really liked it people like the amateur vibe whatever but yeah I would rather have learned things and stuck to them early on <laughs> instead of just winging it yeah, I can totally feel that. I definitely started, like, shooting webcam stuff on my own because I was, like, doing cam performances and then I was, like, how can I start doing something more creative? And it's just, like, the only thing I had. So I definitely feel that. Yeah. I definitely think it's a good way for people to start in a way because, like, you're not investing, like, $500 into a camera to then be, like, a month later to be, like, I don't want to do this anymore. A hundred percent. And I really... I about people that like in photography and videography that want to gatekeep by being like you need a really good camera and you need blah 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 and you need at least a thousand dollars to do this because like bro you fucking don't like you can fucking shoot porn off your cell phone make good money off of it mm -hmm. and like build from there I think that's really important and like a very DIY thing that I'm also very about like gatekeeping is fucked don't let people gatekeep you from like making things you know, like money yeah, 100%. Yeah. 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 I cannot agree more. Totally on the same like DIY Midwest like punk ethic where I'm just like, <laughs> the thing. Yeah. I was like in the metal scene before that. And there's just so much of like dudes like spending ridiculous amounts on amps and guitars mm -hmm. when you're playing a venue of like 40 people. And it's just like, that's not what really matters at the end of the day it's about like your performance it's about what you're making as opposed mm -hmm. to gear so i feel like when i got into porn it was so much like i just wanted it to be diy and just like yeah. you know just direct so yeah so you've obviously worked with like quite a few amount of people right over your career i think so <laughs> <laughs> The time um, flies. It's been seven years. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. But. It's like a real long porn career. I see people, every time I'm like, I'm grandma. Like, I see people like, oh, year 10, here we are. Or like, <laughs> year 12. Or like, talking about like, 2008 porn. And I'm just like, whoa. Like, I'm like baby <laughs> yeah I have that I have that a lot where people are like oh yeah in like 2009 I'm like I was in high school so. yeah <laughs> right? exactly um so if you could work with any one performer for the rest of your career who do you think it would be I thought about this little puck <laughs> yeah um, I can see that you guys make a lot of stuff together we do we have she's been I think I can hear her upstairs. I wonder if she can hear me. Um, <laughs> we've been together during quarantine, like every fucking weekend. I had some, I don't know if this is why we started hanging out. I know we've been, we've been working together for a couple of years now and it was turning into seeing each other every weekend and shooting and stuff like that. But at the beginning of quarantine, I had some really rough stuff happen. Um, mm -hmm. And Puck was like, just come over every weekend. Let's hang out. Let's just do stuff like let's work let's chill let's play board games and it's turned into this thing where it's like yeah they're they've been a really positive influence on me as a person and as a performer and they have like amazing work ethic amazing 
design skills. They're really, really good at what they do. And I believe they also intend to be a lifer. So it's <laughs> refreshed mm -hmm. working with someone who's on like the same wavelength and like wants the same things. And I would love to continue our working together. Hi, Puck. <laughs> That's so awesome. I feel like that's my most like buzzfeedy like question. So <laughs> excuse me. <that. laughs> because I'm just like, because I was these, I was like, I wonder like who, because there's so many people who you see shoot with like people all the time. And it's just like, I just want to hear more about that because I feel like it's so interesting. Like yeah. people collaborate with and form because I feel like it's almost like a thing that's not really thought about that much. I see a lot of power couples. You and Courtney are a power couple. <laughs> like, I think, I mean, like, you guys are a power couple in the way that, like, me and Puck are, like, a power couple where it's, like, we just work together all the time. We work really well. We're really good at getting projects out there. I always see you and Courtney together, and I love that. I love it when, like, you find someone, and it can be, like, I mean, I don't know the exact nature of your relationship but like at least from my experience having like a platonic figure that you can work with and vibe with and just make things happen with is so great especially because it can be very isolating working in porn and working in the adult industry especially during this time in history COVID. definitely it's yeah. really wild the whole thing with Courtney and I just kind of they were my first they were my first shoot for crash pads mm -hmm. so I flew out here and it was them and um do you know performer Dylan Ryan I know that name. If I saw their face, I'd probably recognize them too. They're kind of like an old school lesbian performer. They like did a lot of queer porn. They were also in Gino Bella, Donna Strap Dyke. No Bella Donna. You should watch <laughs> Wait, that. Bella Donna, I think you'd really enjoy or... it. Yeah, Bella Donna. Um, yeah. Yeah. So she had this like lesbian series called Strap Dyke, and it's the most amazing thing ever. So, I, I might highly have seen that at the porn it. shop. I'll have to check that out for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. I it suggest everyone listening to check that out. Um, but it's just like really intense, like strap on porn. But it was like during like the whole alt era, so like Bobby Stars in it, if you remember her. Um, Jizzly's in it, the Blackovich. So like really like some kind of older school lesbian performers. Yeah. And it's just like really, really great. Um, I think Sin Sage might be in it too. I'm not positive. Oh, hot. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we just started um, working together from like the first time I came out here. And then um, when I moved here, I think it was like a month in where they're like, oh, do you want to make a movie together? And I was just like, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's how we made fucking mistakes. So ever since then. It's just been like, okay, we both come from like a DIY punk scene and just kind of understand that stuff. So I think yeah. it's really cool and just being able to shoot stuff in the Bay has been so amazing. Do you have a favorite place or city you like to shoot stuff? Is there a favorite? Because it sounds like you have to travel quite a bit being in a non-traditional porn city. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Oh, wow. I thought about this. I feel like it changes a decent amount for me. And I think um, if COVID wasn't a thing, it would have went from being LA to New York, I think. Because mm -hmm. I do have a lot of friends in the New York, New Jersey era area. And I'm noticing that there is like a decent amount of fetish producers out there. So, or like, I have worked with some and I keep learning about more and more and more talent out there. So I, I do really like New York. I really like New Jersey. Love New Brunswick. Hello, Freak Mob. I don't know why I'm waving. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. 
audio medium, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, so I really love it out there. Um, I also really like LA just because, I mean, yeah, I have friends out there. I feel like there's always stuff to do out there. Weed is out there. The beach is out there. It's really mm -hmm. nice to be able to just like chill in between like shooting. The last time I was in LA, right before COVID, I managed to go to a couple really exciting like concerts too. And oh, like fun. a bunch of stuff in between shooting. So yeah, I feel like LA feels like it still feels like the land of opportunity to me in a lot of ways. <laughs> Definitely. I feel yeah. like being from the Midwest when you go to California, it feels like feels like you made it kind of. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it help. yeah, it feels like I feel like just coming from the Midwest is just like every depiction of California feels so luxurious and just like warm and nice. Well in the Midwest it's like negative five degrees and like everyone's depressed because of the weather and that's just like part of the year definitely yeah whereas like you go out to LA any time of year and it's like oh it rained oh oh there's a storm oh oh there's something on fire oh but it's never <laughs> like I'm stuck in the house because it's snowing I am not going out fuck everything <laughs> like very much a different vibe it seems a lot easier to live out in LA like just exist as a human <laughs> yeah it feels just like such a different vibe because like being on a porn set in LA, it just feels like you're like, oh shit, I'm within this thing. Definitely. Like the first time I shot somewhere in like Encino and walked into one of those big houses, I was just like, God damn, like what? Yeah. Like those babe in the big the, city. Like <laughs> Did you go to one of those generic porn houses? I don't know if the place that I've been counts as a porn house. There's like Mark, I've heard I've heard stories about places with bunk beds and things like that, and it wasn't something like that. It was like a place where um, the the owner of the house would let people like crash there, but it was a bit it was a bit more like not to say like regulated, but I have heard that like the porn houses can get very cluttered, very close together, close quarters, like partying stuff like that, and it's very much just like a place to sleep and then wake up and work in the morning or whatever. That yeah. sounds legitimately terrifying to me. What does the the bunk bed? The waking up, the... yeah, like the waking up and going to work, <laughs> like in the same house. Um, I used to work at the Armory in SF, and there were beds there where you could uh, sleep, but then you would wake up at work, which was terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just feels so you strange. Like that? No, I don't. I thought I would. Oh. Yeah. I was like, so I used to take cam in the armory like, I think like four times a week when I first moved here. So I was like always in there. So yeah. like, there'd be a lot of people coming through. So you might like hook up with someone and then like spend more time in the city. I met yeah. this dom and we spent the night there together. And then I woke up the next day and then it was very obvious in the first five minutes of waking up. Like I'm like, oh shit, I'm at work still the next day it was just like yeah. I need to leave oh no yeah I feel like for me I want like I kind of like to disconnect I feel like with New York you're like so you go into your own world to shoot porn and then you like get out and no one has any idea about it you know yeah totally wow I've never thought of it that way I just like the convenience honestly like yeah 
and I guess like when I'm there like I feel like I've grown pretty good at like shutting off Felicia and turning on name redacted and like (laughs) going about like my normal things like when I'm not working you know like Mm. yeah I feel like I can like I like to put those boundaries up and it's not so much of an issue for me and I also I just love rolling out of bed taking a shower listening to makeup or what listening to music putting on makeup (laughs) and just like being able to walk out onto set instead of like doing all of that like micromanaging my time like oh my god coffee and then we have to call the uber and then we have to get more coffee then we have to get up to the place and then I have to say hi to everybody like instead of just it all being there I like it like that I don't know yeah I guess we have different takes on that I'm I guess I'm a I'm a a Virgo so I'm like I want to heavily compartmentalize my time and then have that and then be able to leave and be like okay that is in the past now I am looking forward to the dvd in two months that is okay whenever I hear Virgo I think Beyonce like WWBD what would Beyonce do and that sounds like a very Beyonce thing something that's wild is Beyonce's birthday is the day before mine and my partner's birthday is the same as Jay-Z's whoa we just realized this like a month ago and we're like oh my god that's amazing it's so beautiful oh my god (laughs) i know like your charts and like jay-z and beyonce's charts at all um i think my partner has a little bit i just get very see i wonder if it's just like a rural thing being in michigan but like i didn't know anything about astrology until i came on my first porn set in california oh my gosh where someone's like oh you're a virgo i'm like i don't know what that means So I feel like I haven't dived super into the chart thing. I think my partner did, but yeah. I think that's kind of the extent. I don't really understand what the rising and all that stuff means, but I I vaguely know what being a Virgo is, so. And you've lived in California for how long? Like seven, <laughs> eight years. Yeah. That's oh like the one God. thing I'm flashing on. Um, do you have any, like, what do you think your weirdest experience is? is in the industry, good, bad, or otherwise? Um, I think, hmm. I think it's really weird how people perceive you once you Mm -hmm. do porn. All of these ideas people put on you, all of this bullshit people put on you, all of these, like, how are you ever going to I've had people be like, how are you going to be a mom if you do porn? What are you going to do in 10 years? What are you going to do when you know you can't work anymore? What are you going to do when you get aged out? Like, what the fuck are you going to tell me about my industry? Like, what mm-hmm. are you going to tell me about my job that I have experience in? Shut the fuck up. Like, that is weird to me. Like, I can, I can deal with most fetishes besides ones that are, like, very, like, non-consensual or whatever. But, like... Yeah, that, I think that is very weird of people to do, like, how immediately, yes, this is a political job, but you're going to ask me, like, the politics of it, and ask me about my future, and ask me if I feel empowered, and ask me all of these very personal questions you wouldn't be asking your accountant. Like, come Mm -hmm. on, that is weird, and that is other people being weird. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's so much of this, like, I really relate 
core into almost being an athlete in a way because there's so much of this public view on like, well, you're going to age out, then you're going to have no job, you're going to have no money. And it's not even like a real concern. It's like this almost like tone policing around it. Yeah. And it's like them thinking they know everything about your job, even though they've never been on a set. And I feel like the only other people that get that same scrutiny is like athletes, where it's like this hyper. Yeah, I I really feel like there's a lot of similarities between the two because we're essentially making um, our money with our bodies. And then on top of that, it's usually, you know, in your first two, in your first maybe 10 years, you're going to probably make most of your money or most of how you um, just like establishing yourself. And then after that, it's kind of, you know, you set yourself up because you have your own website or you have whatever to really fuel your own career. And I feel like there's so much of this that people kind of put on both athletes and foreign performers that it's, they know what's best for you. And, oh, it's not that hard of a job. Anyone can do it. It's just a game or it's just porn. And it's just like not really true because not everyone can do these things. Exactly. Like, I don't think people realize like the skill set it takes emotionally, physically. Like you can't just start fucking like, you can't like, perhaps some people can go online and make very easy money, but it's not that easy. You have to push yourself. Like all of the experience that I gained in retail, I've applied it to working in porn because it's the same thing, like dealing with customers, like dealing with companies, knowing how to talk to people, knowing how to sell things, like knowing how to stay civil with your peers, even when someone's acting ridiculous. Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so much that goes into this and people want to just dumb you down and reduce you down to like this idea of like a used up fucking person. And it's like, bro, Mm -hmm. this is very weird of you. I don't see you talking this way to people that work labor jobs. Like besides me, I don't see Mm -hmm. you talking this way to anybody else, but you're going to talk to me this way. That's so weird. Very weird. Yeah, I don't know. know. Yeah, I don't... I feel like when you really get to it, not everyone's body can perform in a room full of people in straight up uncomfortable situations because when you're in the industry long enough, you're going to be in uncomfortable situations. It's not necessarily that that's not consenting. Mm-hmm. You might just, so a flight could be running late, so you have to shoot at a strange time. Mm-hmm. Lights are hot. There's so many variables to it. I feel like so many people just think it's the same as going into your bedroom and just hooking up with someone. And it's just not. There's so much more to it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Is, so, yeah. <laughs> is there anyone um, weird in your DMs or anything you got particularly weird in your DMs that you think is notable? Uh, <laughs> whenever I get questions about like weirdness like this, it's like, Honestly, no. I feel like a lot of the stuff that I get is like predictable. Like people just being like, love feet, love your boobs. You are. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're trash. Okay. Or like, I don't know, just different things like that. I don't really get anything too weird that I don't think like other like female like appearing people on the internet don't get I think I just get more of it because I put my body out there more maybe or people Mm. perceive me as someone to like hit up and like 
talk sexy to for some reason. Nothing too weird. No, I don't really think of it. I think it's all pretty average stuff I get. I do get some very like interesting people on the phone sex sites that I'm on, but that tends to be illegal and I tend to hang up on them and I tend to report them immediately. Yeah. That's what you have to do. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if we should be giving the weird people more screen time anyways. <laughs> I mean, there there's just various rappers that go through every porn performer. Oh. So, oh, I mean, I'm sure you know about the Little B rapper. Yes, I do. Yeah, through everyone's DMs, I feel like. Yeah, I was one of them too, yeah. I same, mean, same. It really stinks because he was one of my favorite rappers in high school and like 18 and 19 and this was before like I was in sex work I 99% used to harassing sex workers but some of like my yeah. best memories in high school were like learning who Lil B was and like yeah just being a part of that whole like movement or like seeing it all like unfurl and stuff and it's really disappointing that he wants to do that shit but again like I see him as like another person who's just like open feet bb <laughs> like, <laughs> oh completely yeah when he was yeah. in my dms i was just like i don't even want to deal with this i'm just like i know what you do i know you're banned from porn sites i'm good yeah. it's just weird how that stuff can happen yeah exactly um, yeah so yeah. are there Where any the places other rappers <laughs> um I, I've had a few friends who had a few other rappers who were who talked to the game in DMs and that just like didn't show up or were just like I don't know. Whoa. Yeah, that's part of I life and yeah. or like different people in emo bands following you and stuff. I feel like that happens a decent amount. Oh well, I guess in that case, I think it's really interesting that like people seem to not realize that I can see who views my Instagram stories because I get a lot of blue checks viewing my Instagram stories. Interesting. And it's people where it's like, like young, like 18 year old YouTubers, like pretty well known R&B acts and like, wow. Oh yeah. I, I have some stories, but um, yeah, yeah, it's very, very interesting to see who comes out of the woodwork. I didn't, I don't necessarily think that's weird as much as just like part of the game. Like I'm a public figure, you're a public figure. Somehow these people are going to find us that are also public figures. So we're all just going to interact and act like we're not interacting, but you're going to watch my stories and probably jerk off to me. And that's cool. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like that's just kind of part of my... Um, are there any places you ended up because of porn that you didn't expect to be in your life? Yes. I did Where? not. Arriving in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Holy shit. If you would have, like, this, like, I am so thankful. Like, so many awful things have happened in the past five years, like, personally and outside of it. And mm -hmm in society and I am just so fucking grateful that in 2018 I decided I'm going to do this full time so I had two years to establish myself before the pandemic started because I would be shit out of luck dude I would be like stuck if I didn't have porn during the pandemic I mean of course I'd make it work somehow but it's just like to have everything already set up be in a good groove 
like be able to work from home every day while the world is fucking burning like I'm so grateful for that like that is something I would never have expected and like seeing people that grew up that I grew up with that would talk mad shit about me doing porn like struggling at their little bar job now because their bar isn't mm. open it's like yeah bro look who's thriving in the apocalypse me <laughs> like it's just insane to me like to see that I'm yeah I'm very grateful that I'm in that position I mean beyond that it's like yeah it it feels very surreal to look back and be like damn I used to take three trips a year to LA and then like one trip a year to New York and maybe go to Florida or New Zealand if I'm feeling fancy but like outside of that it really just like I would look around my room during the pandemic and just be like I am so thankful like I am so happy that I'm here and I'm safe and I have like everything I need to just fucking hunker down and ride this out you know I don't yeah know. totally I feel like it's just so much like these people started in camming essentially like mm-hmm. It just totally prepared us for this. Like immediately in this, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna keep hamming. This is what I always do. Totally. Like just to have maintaining like a regular schedule helped me so much. Just being like, okay, I can even though the world's burning around me and like everything's different, I can still have my same day essentially. You know, I feel like for yeah. so many people, they just like don't have that everything so up in the air. I feel like there's just so much. Um, luxury and just literally having a place to live still having a job right now and just like being like healthy I feel like just having all that is something to be so thankful for yeah and I feel like doing online sex work is a way to be able to have all of those things right now and it's like such a fucking blessing like honestly like I don't know like myself and other models like we have this but like would we be doing you know like yeah. I don't know it's just crazy to me but it's very exciting yeah yeah I think it's to have that yeah I think it's gonna be really interesting because porn's essentially getting a fresh restart when we all come back so I feel like just the potential to do anything is really there do you what ever do, think about that mean? really like no, so all these what, sites have been shooting theory? so mm-hmm. What I think is going to happen is, you've seen it since the times you went to ABN, probably even your first ABN, it was a lot more um, about people shooting for other sites. When you first got into the industry, I'm assuming it was like that. Yeah. I feel like the last few years, everyone's just doing content trade now. Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking is going to happen is I think these studios are going to be weakened and like who they're shooting is going to change because they're essentially just going back from, you know, even the companies that are still shooting are shooting at a much smaller rate. So when they scale up again, I think there's going to be a lot better chance to be included in casting. And I think the studios are going to have less power. So I think the power is going to mostly go to the content creators. Porn renaissance. That's what I'm hoping for. (laughs) I am, I don't know. I've been extremely optimistic the last few months about that and like where all this stuff is going as well as like sex for decriminalization. I feel like it's all really heading into a right position um, as sex work is like they're not more mainstream when you have like Disney stars starting OnlyFans and shit like that. Like as much as I see people talking about that in a bad way, I feel like almost having these like privilege ass white girls around the Disney channel or whatever else like Mm -hmm. 
that pure celebrity, I feel like it's going to make sex work so mainstream. Kind of like how Caitlyn Jenner made trans stuff mainstream, even though Caitlyn Jenner is a horrible person. It did, like, make it more easily to understand for people in, like, you know, 30 hour, thirty minutes outside of Chicago and whatever suburb, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, and I do think about that a lot, too, and it makes me wonder if the pushback that like, because it feels like the pushback against porn is ramping up. And I do feel like part of that is because the war on drugs is now rendered obsolete. But I also mm-hmm. think it's because they know our power. They know the power that sex workers have and that the industry currently has, because we do have OnlyFans. We do have things going in our favor in that way. We do have people that are more open about sex. And yeah, that's a really exciting thing to think about. I didn't really think about how it would impact larger studios. Although, like I said, like I am starting to notice different types of bodies and different types of people getting booked. I, I didn't realize that, that might be part of the pandemic or like part of all of this happening, but that makes a lot of sense. And I really do hope that, yeah, like maybe this will be when they start including all kinds of bodies, all kinds of people actually fucking, not even actually fucking, just even if it's porn sex, it would be so cool to see like regular, like some of like my favorite performers that have not previously been able to get up there, like be up there. Like I love seeing like a not, like not to say a not conventionally attractive face, but like a new face, a weird looking face, like Mm -hmm. a fucking different looking body. It's so exciting. And that's, that is really great to think about. I really hope that does happen. Or they realize the power that like OnlyFans creators have and like they start like grabbing from there or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I really hope that starts to happen and just continues more. I'm just really excited to see what it comes back to because this okay. industry is not going to be the same after what it was. And I think it's just probably going to continue going in the direction of, you know, how it's done with content trade. I mean, yeah. honestly, the first year I went to AVN, I think was 2015. Mm-hmm. and everyone's just at the convention like trying to hustle with yeah. people and be like oh I can get a gig this way and it's just now so different because everyone's just shooting all day like you barely see anyone at the convention comparatively yeah yeah I think it's gonna be really good though yeah. here's to hoping is there any yeah. yeah is there anything that you wish you could do in your career that you haven't thus far oh um. Tommy Pistol. <laughs> Tommy Pistol. No. Um, <laughs> he's one of the very few performers I see that doesn't, like, totally creep me out. Like, cis dude performers. Um, so, yeah, no, I think it would be really cool to be in, like, a more mainstream porn, like I said. Like, I mm-hmm. would also love to be in like hustler or playboy or something like that i'm kind of old school so about that. i think like those are my aspirations you know or like getting getting an award would be cool like winning like an avn thing or something I yeah think, yeah like i've been to like i've never i've never tried to apply i think i always see like everything come up for it and then i'm like well i'll do that and then something happens and then i don't do it but i like to apply to get into avn or whatever mm-hmm. but um yeah, I think something, any of those three things would be really cool. Just like leveling up more and like maybe following a more like conventional porn route, which might never happen because I'm pretty unconventional when it comes to appearances in porn. But I mean, you never know. Like you said, like yeah. life is changing. 
feel like it's pretty normal to be alt now. Like, who knows? Yeah. For real, I mean, basically, like, most performers have tattoos now. Yeah, so many. I feel like it's definitely changing. I think those are all definitely possible in your career, like, for sure. I hope so. Yeah. Um, is there anything, like, you really want to still accomplish in your career, other than, like, those things? Is there, like, something you wanted, like, do you want to start directing someday? Do you want to kind of build up being a performer and just get more mainstream I would like to start a site I would mm -hmm. like to start my own porn site I've mulled that over a little bit I know I've talked to Courtney a little bit about it sorry I'm so my about eye. that yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I I bought a certain url that you might be familiar Ooh. with and I really want to start working on that and try to apply like what I've already mentioned about trying to put my friends on trying to help out like people in my community like trying to like create a platform for people that might not otherwise have a platform or might feel a little bit stuck because I feel like I've gleaned a lot of information in the last seven years and I think like I would be able to start a site to get things rolling to do things like that it's just a matter of like doing it like <laughs> I've had a lot on my list for the year and I've been kind of derailed the last like I don't know month or so but I'm really hoping to get back on board with that because yeah I would like to start a site I would like to be able to pay people I want to hire people I want to start building up I'd like to get to the point where I'm at the same level of the people that used to tell me no like that's yeah like, yeah like low-key something that's always in the back of my mind yeah. Yeah. I feel like no matter what industry you're in, when you're directly competing against the companies that said no to you, it feels really good. Totally. I've seen yeah. you, like, I don't know if you've experienced that when, like, oh, being AVN, yeah. but yeah, like, in general and in AVN, like, looking around at all the names and be like, bitches, I'm here too. What are you going to yeah. do? <laughs> yeah. When I first moved out here to work for Kink, um, mm -hmm. I still don't think they shoot trans women as submissive. So like so much of my early career was like, I'm going to show them, I'm going to do it. And like being able to be nominated up against them for like best BDSM release. Yeah. It was just so validating because it's just like, even if they win over me, it's like, I'm there now and they know. <laughs> Whether they actually know or not. I think, yeah, no, that's definitely like one yeah. of those beautiful like personal goal moments where you look at it and it's like, fuck, I've done a lot like mm -hmm. I've done so much I'm really happy for you it's really cool that you've hit mm -hmm. that yeah. I just wanted to make BDSM porn like that's my whole side so yeah. I just feel like however it had to go mm -hmm. to like make the process possible kind of what I feel like I moved here for so mm -hmm. I'm just happy I can make cool stuff with cool performers I think for you just having your own site that's like how you build up you know the down the road oh wow you might have 50 members in a few years mm -hmm. you know where you can actually have a true income from just like almost a passive income I feel like that almost like you're down the road like the down the road performer plan for like longevity in a way yeah I feel like that's something that I really have to work on soon I have like the shell of a website but I need to 
start getting it set up so I can start selling porno on there. But there's just been like a couple like bumps in the road, but it'll all get smoothed out. I also haven't been dedicating as much time as I was before into it. So I'm just rambling. Yeah. But I'm hoping I mean that's what this is for. <laughs> soon work on that because I think yeah, that's why we have an abundance of time that we put on Earth. Yeah, fun. we're in the middle of a global <laughs> pandemic and you're like doing things. So you're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um I had so many missteps during my own website. Like I had yeah, ChelseaPo.com for a while. Mm -hmm. The URL expired. Someone bought it out from under me. Which I think I know who it is, but I'm not gonna name names. Um, and then I had like a website that just like wasn't doing much for me. And then I finally got my um Chelsea Submits. I think it was like a year ago. It was like two weeks into the pandemic because I'm like, I'm gonna do something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So Do you mind if I, I think... ask? Oh sorry. Yeah, of course. Are you do you use Veritel? Are you yes. like, using that as well? Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a really I, great company. Cool. Yeah, I like got set up with them, but then like I got the terms of service papers made and I still don't have an office to base my work out of. So I'm just like, it feels like I'm really stuck right now because I need mm. to like figure out so many moving parts to it. But like once you get that all sorted out, it's just like smooth going, right? Like Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm doing it through the Trouble Films Network. So I have a little bit of an advantage with that where I think Trouble Films has been on Baratel for, yeah, yeah, like 10, 15 years or something. Um, it's oh, a company based in the Netherlands. They're mm -hmm. really, really great. And just um, the censorship laws are definitely more loose there. Um, you know, tech work is legal um, yeah. in the Netherlands. So yeah, it's a very good company to work for. But um, I think there's still, I heard some issues with some US bank accounts with mm -hmm. Baratel because of like, um, them having ties to different like groups and stuff so I think I would just um yeah just research that a little bit more but yeah I think I'm, I'm so excited to see your site and see all your stuff in one place Thank did you. you shoot so much interesting stuff you shoot like fetish you shoot hairy stuff and then you shoot horror, horror porn yeah. how did that come about um so full disclosure I I haven't really done any of the horror stuff on my own. I've always been working for other people. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it that came about after I'd started uploading like vomit clips and stuff like that. So I think all the years blur together. It was either 2016 or 2018. Um, mm -hmm. This producer, Sam Hell, got in touch with me to make a film called Spit, um, which was the first or second and like a trilogy he was doing and it was like a vomit porn thing where like I barf all over myself and like rub it on myself and masturbate it's so fun <laughs> it was so much fun it was so I much love fun that. shooting yeah he he works with a lot of sex workers and he's a very cool chill person so it's like it's always been very fun working with him which is why I worked with him six or seven times um and he did a documentary about me and my work with him, which is really crazy and surreal. And I feel like I probably don't talk about it enough. So surprise, there's a documentary about me out there called The Odd World of Felicia Fisher. Um, but yeah, it all started with him hitting me up and we vibed really well together. He wanted to get me on board for a few other projects that turned into like six or seven other projects. And I just got wow. booked by it. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, 
yeah, I didn't realize how deep like the horror gore, like porn erotica scene is. And it's very, very real. It's worldwide. <laughs> There's people. Wow. Yeah, it's like, it's very much, there is overlap I've noticed between like the punk scene and like people into like horror movies and like that scene, like it all kind of flows together. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's very wild being part of that and being recognized in, as like an actor in like that realm. And I just got booked by another producer for another film. We actually shot it the other week actually. So Wow, um, so cool. Yeah, so I've done quite a few horror projects now and it all started because I vomited on the internet. <laughs> That's amazing. So, like, were you really big into horror before that, or did it just kind of was just an opportunity that came to you and you just wanted to try something new? Um, it was just something that came to me really like I I have a really bad attention span. I'm really bad at watching movies. And like mm -hmm. when I was younger, I was very edgy and goth and stuff. Yeah. So like relatable. I was, Yeah, of course. <laughs> Midwest. Um, but yeah, so I, I was into horror, I guess, like a little like that. I was a mm -hmm. bit more so when I was younger, but it really is not what it is to some of the people that are into the films for me. I think it's really cool being in the films and I love contributing to like the genre and I love doing really extreme things and I'd love to keep doing more and more films because yeah, I think people recognize me as now but it's just yeah I don't really watch horror I watch like I don't know dramas I'm watching Dawson's Creek right now which I would like to argue oh, wow. is because it's by the man that did Scream I didn't know that really wow it is isn't that wild I had no idea like it blew my mind so I've been watching it to like study it a little bit just because I think it's fascinating like I've gathered that the guy just had a bunch of suck off money after he did scream and was like why don't we make a kids or like not a kids like a teen sitcom drama thing a very wholesome teen like sitcom it's raunchy dude like no Is it's it? not wholesome there's a it's very problematic it's like first of all like there are some like jokes and plot lines in it that are just really fucked up. And it's just really like looking back from like 90s, like movies, like 90s mainstream movies and stuff like that. It's like, I really can't believe this was how the world was. But also I do remember the world being like that, like saying like the R word or like the F slur randomly for no reason, accusing oh, someone yeah. of gay, like, stuff like that, gayness as a joke, like that's all prevalent and a race as a joke is in there. And it's just fascinating to like see it and like be like, wow, maybe this is why people acted the way they did when I was in high school. Maybe this is why, yeah, I don't know. I've, I'm watching it from a socio sociological point of view. So to make a long story short, I'm not really into horror, but I like trauma. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. Um... Speaking about like how stuff has changed so much in a short period of time, um, mm -hmm. my partner and I just got like the Paramount Plus, and um, mm -hmm. so as like all the old MTV shows on there. So oh, we were watching okay. Next. The, do you remember that show, The Next Bus? I think is is it is Lou Pearlman involved? The guy that did no, the boy dance? No, no. <laughs> I, I don't that, know. Sorry. I love that Lou Pearlman's name is coming up though. Ah, 
hilarious. Did you watch um, the boy band con? That would be making the band. That that was the one that he was on, oh. I think. Um, what? Oh, what's the boy band con? I've listened to podcasts it's, recently about him. It's about, like, how he, like, scams in sync in the Backstreet Boys out of money. If and, I like, didn't... all the creepy shit he was doing. I think I either watched it or I heard a podcast that came out around the same time because I know that was a really hot story a couple of months mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. No, I, I don't think I've seen Next Then <laughs> if there isn't Lou Perlman involved. <laughs> well, essentially, it's like this show where, um, so there's like a girl who's like, okay, I want to go on a date. And then they have a bus full of like five guys. Mm-hmm. And they're the worst human pieces of scum. And they come out and they say something horrific, and then you can either pick next. It's like Bang Bus, kind of, but with selection. Uh, and then they bone? It, they fuck? I don't think they bone, but, like, it has kind of that vibe to it. Yeah. I highly suggest revisiting it. It was, like, oh, yeah. us in, the time we were, like, in middle school or high school, mm-hmm. like, right after school on MTV at the time. Fuck. I need to yeah. check this out. This sounds horrific in the best it's way. It's so terrific. It's <laughs> horrific. And they're like saying the worst things like the R word uh-huh. and the F word and just like all this stuff where you're just like, wow, that was really acceptable at the time. It's just yeah. so wild to think about how much that stuff was acceptable. Not I that think- long ago. Yeah, no. And I've been thinking about that a lot, like especially watching Dawson's Creek because I do remember how big that was. First of all, highly recommend watching it if you want like a blast from the past. But like it it's yeah, it's crazy because I remember being like called those things in school or hearing people say things yeah. like that. And it's just like would my life have gone differently if those things didn't exist and we like if I was living where they like where kids are now where it's like kids more I think I don't hang out with kids but like I've gathered that people are a lot more accepting about gender expression identity like everything like that like would it be the same thing you know it's wild yeah I feel like almost in one way because I came out as trans I think when I was like 13 or 14 in the midwest Oh, wow. So for a while, like, until I moved, no one really knew what being trans was. So I feel like it was so easy to, like, almost just, like, blend in with society because no one knew. Where mm-hmm. I feel like now it's almost probably the opposite for people, like, in the Midwest who are mm-hmm. trans. Whereas they're being read as trans now, probably, or having a higher likelihood. Where, like, um, I was also seeing, like, a really fun trans woman at the time. And we would literally never think about being misgendered anywhere else other than gay clubs that like gay men somewhere. Oh my God. And that was like the only time because everywhere else and like out in Michigan, Holland, around there, like no one knew. So it was like this huge thing that I feel like maybe now you almost don't have that like invisibility in a way. So I don't know if it's maybe like a double-edged sword where there is so much visibility where you know about it now. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, maybe there's more almost like backlash in places like the Midwest or more rural places. I would definitely see in rural places. I will say too, like with the double-edged sword thing, I do feel like the people that are anti-LGBT, anti-whatever, like are very loud 
still and even louder in some ways but it makes me wonder if like it because it's not mainstream culture like mainstream culture is like to be more accepting like would it mm -hmm. has it flipped like have like i don't know yeah my hometown i went back um i think it was like two years ago right before the pandemic mm -hmm. and there's trans flags on every single bar Whoa. and i'm like i didn't know any other trans people when i lived there at all yeah. so it's just so random that's like okay there's trans flags <laughs> everywhere it's so strange how some stuff has changed so quickly in the midwest yeah, um what do you think you're most proud of during your career i think i had an answer for this and i forgot if you're gonna like <laughs> If you're gonna put it could be a scene it could be like doing a thing it could be anything but like what on in your career would you like put on a shelf and be like that's what i'm most proud of yeah um i think it's there's so many things i've done that i like have wanted to accomplish you know and yeah. like sometimes i feel like i'm not shit but then it's like Wow, I've been on the cover of like a hairy porn video. Wow, I've been like in a porno magazine in Australia. Like, wow, I, I did an interview for Hustler for like um, the knitting I do. And I think- Oh my God, oh yeah, I saw it, that's so badass. You were in Hustler. Yeah, it's like I'm in fucking Hustler. Like I, for something that I do too like there's like they're, they're gonna put it in print as well which is just very surreal wow. so like and they they actually interviewed me for another thing too so it's like I am featured in Hustler twice in 2021 what the fuck like it's so badass it's crazy it's so crazy and then like being in all of those horror films and working on that and having a docu-fucking-mentary having t-shirts that's yeah. so amazing like having t-shirts that have my picture on it that people buy like it's just like bro like i feel like i've done so much stuff that i'm like very proud of and it's like it's things that i've wanted too like like i've always talked about like the permanence of like porn and like the permanence of like hard copy porn like having a dvd mm -hmm. having a magazine having a book whatever and it's like yeah i've been doing those things lately and it's like wow i'm really proud of it to have like accomplished things that i've wanted yeah that's so amazing i mean like yeah. i feel like particularly um also being from the midwest i feel like when you first start it feels so far away it's yeah. not around you really where i felt like when i first started doing this in the midwest where i was like you know just like camming late at night and then like you're like, okay, I'm gonna go to the gym at 1 a.m. because <laughs> I get done at camping at midnight or whatever. And like it being a fucking blizzard, it just feels like it's such a different world to think about, you know, having your stuff published or being able to go to Vegas for like an award show or a convention or anything. It just feels honestly just so like a whole different world. It does. And I, I, maybe that's where my imposter syndrome comes from then. Cause like, I'm still like the same regular person that like, I don't know, fucking, I do my errands. I don't leave the house. Like, I just feel so regular, but then it's like, there are people that it's like, oh my God, Felicia Fisher. And I'm like, 
<laughs> what? <laughs> Who? <laughs> it's it's very surreal. It's super surreal. Yeah, to think about that, especially because yeah, I think too in Chicago and in the Midwest, there's very much still the perception like you're just a porn performer. Blah blah blah. You just blah. You fucking show your pussy on the internet. But like, if you go to LA it's understood that you're like a porn performer and that's your career mm -hmm. and that's your job. It's very, very different in both places. Like people, I feel like I get more respect from people not in the Midwest sometimes just because like it is so taboo still, or like there still are so many misconceptions about like porn and the industry and things like that, or like longevity or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. That's so cool. I mean, that you've been able to like essentially propel yourself to this you haven't really had like one or two gigs that changed your career it was more i feel like you working on your own through all of this to get to this point i will say yes to a point like mm -hmm. i do feel like working for atk did help propel me that's big yeah it's a huge yeah. company they like working with them really helped me build up my mm. fan base and help figure out who I am as a performer as well, I would say. Cause like, I thought for the longest time, like I couldn't be hairy and like tattooed and have small tits and want to do, it's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I've talked to you about like the triangle, like, or the fucking Venn diagram thing, but it's mm -hmm. like, you can be hairy with small tits you can be tattooed with small tits. You can like be tattooed with big tits. And like, yeah. these are all things that like, are you see in mainstream porn, but like hairy tattooed small tits, like it was very different. Like it felt like I wasn't like, like I was different from other people in that way. Like, and it was very hard to find gigs that way. But I've had people compliment me. I've seen more people that look like me coming out now. And it's like, yeah, it, like working with ATK helped me establish that I could be the person that I am and still keep Aww. working. Yeah. That's like heartwarming. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like that's the kind of conversations I want to have on this because like, yeah. you know, when we talk to like regular press or whatever, it's just uh -huh. so much like, tell us why porn is good. Tell us why it's bad. And it's yeah. not really getting into like, wow, that I was able to do a mainstream site and actually be like wow who i am is okay in this industry i can be yeah. accepted i can have a career in this and like what that means to you and means your career i feel like it's something that's not really covered in you know your usual thing that it's a press person just being like well i have this idea for a story and this is what it's gonna be you know definitely and talking to someone like you in the industry it's like you understand the nuance and you understand the names and i don't have to explain to you things because like you know what atk is you know yeah like the difference between like mainstream like amateur like camming clipping clip sites whatever yeah it's really nice to be able to talk to a performer about this yeah, yeah. that's what i'm really hoping to try like provide a space for because i feel like we don't really have many spaces like this so I have one last question for you. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me today. This of has course. been so much fun. It has. It yeah. felt really natural too. Exactly. Um, if you can magically change one thing important overnight, tomorrow is totally different. What would it be? Oh wow. Um, I thought about this too. The first thing that comes to mind is get rid of all the creeps 
<laughs> just if, get all the creepy male producers who are racist and should just gone. Just boof. It's gone. Just all of them. That's great. Um, and I then love that. build it up from whatever. Just fill the positions with much better people. Um, I think that would be great. I think if I could also change, like, yeah, people's perception of the industry because it's so, like, that, which would be outside of the industry, I guess, and might have, like, in this hypothetical world might have like an effect on our career if like the world suddenly became super saturated because everybody was like okay with porn but I think mm. if we could change the perception of porn because it's very exhausting to try to do your job and then have people telling you no all the time or having people telling you you're wrong or having people telling you you should be abolished or like you aren't able to think for yourself or you're being mm -hmm. trafficked or some nonsense like that it's like it's very very tiring and I think it would be better if we could just like work and not have to think about things like that so, both those things are yeah, great I mean ending the stigma and I think definitely getting the creeps out of it would definitely help so I feel like there's still so much of a stigma around porn is filled with predators there's so much explicit drug use and for most mm -hmm. people, that's just not really true. Like, I don't do any drugs. Um, <laughs> most performers really don't. So yeah. I feel like there's just so much stigma around all that stuff. And yeah, I think that would be a great thing. Yeah, the sun fucking, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what? Oh, no, go on. Yeah, like performers, some performers are some of the most hardest working wholesome people I know like fucking sober going to the gym taking care of yourself having meals with friends like living healthy happy lives and it's like if I don't know it could be so nice it could all be so simple people just stop yeah. making assumptions and stop making people feel bad and yeah I don't know yeah. yeah I feel like it's really hard to maintain a porn career when you're full-on partying I feel like you see those people who come into this industry with a lot of potential and then they just kind of burn themselves out with partying and all that stuff and it's just like you just like being I think this is kind of where it comes back being a professional athlete sort of thing where it's like you really definitely have to take care of your body you have to be in the right headspace mm -hmm. or you're gonna burn out like it or not yeah. you can't just push through it and just be like I'm gonna party every night and then show up to set the next morning it's just like that doesn't really work yeah yeah it's like this is really a job guys like you really shouldn't be doing that at your day job like or like not a day job like a vanilla job you really shouldn't mm -hmm. be doing this at this job like if people understood that it is a job maybe things would go over a lot smoother mm -hmm. yeah i totally agree well thank you so much felicia this has been so amazing to chat with you and yeah. learn more about you and what it's like being a porn performer who's like largely like between three different genres and like doing all that stuff and out of the midwest which is so exciting to talk about because i haven't been to the midwest honestly the longest i have been away in my life so it's so nice to chat come home yeah whenever all this ends i'll definitely yeah. let you know next time i'm in chicago and hopefully we can link up again <laughs>